pressure then. Um, could could somebody get me get me a cup of water, please, out of the kitchen? You can do. So, kids, there's um, stuff on the table for you to do, as ever. Try and listen up and join in where you can. And there'll be stuff for you to do, probably, in a bit. Everybody else, um, be relaxed. Go and get a drink. Go and get something to eat. I'd rather you listened in the kitchen because you're listening, rather than... Thank you, John. Rather than sat there nodding off. And because I can see you all, I can see when you nod off. So then I just raise my voice a little bit to stir you. Not that you would ever do that, would you? <laughs> yes, you, Deborah. I know it's you. Yes. Um... <laughs> so, Mike and Bev, where have you gone? Oh, Mike's there. Where's Bev gone? She's in the kitchen. And I know, I know, you know, you're going to miss lots of things about Celebrate, aren't you? Lots of things, especially my jokes. You're going to miss. <laughs> Oh, I'm, ex- <laughs> I'm expecting you to go to your, your, you know, the new church and go up to them and say, your jokes are nowhere near as good as Stuart's, you know. you just got to, you got to, no, imagine that. All I can say is Bill Johnson always starts with jokes, doesn't he? So if it's good enough for Bill, it's good enough for me. He does, actually, yes. I've, I've been at a conference where he's, he told a joke on Monday and he told the self-same joke on Tuesday. And everybody laughs because it's Bill. You know, and everybody else, you'd be like, oh, we've heard that before. But everybody goes, oh, it's Bill, it's funny. So get... I, don't, I, t- I try not to use the same ones. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. If I was using the same one, I'd use my favourite one. You know, do you know my favourite one? Crime. Crime in multi-storey car parks. That's just wrong on every level. Got me started now. I sold, I sold my vacuum cleaner on eBay. Well, it was only collecting dust. I like, I never mind. Okay. So I went, I went to an all-you-can-eat buffet. An all-you-can-eat buffet. I saw this really big lad in a booth crying his eyes out. And I thought, well, he has got a lot on his plate. So I heard somebody say that's good. Who said that? Was that you? Was that you? Somebody said, "Oh, that's quite good." That yeah, you see. I've just, I've just, <laughs> I've just got back from Iraq, where I bought my daughter a new handbag. She said, "Thanks, Baghdad." <laughs> <laughs> Nobody ever says that to Bill. <laughs> they probably do afterwards, yeah. Or they probably say, well, you told that one yesterday. Anyway, so um, back to the topic that I've been sort of, you know, on the Sundays that I've been preaching, which obviously isn't all the time, we've been slowly chipping away at, which is appropriate, because obviously what I've been talking about is about having that different day, a day to slow down, a day to stop, a day to be with him. So it's appropriate, really, that we've been doing it quite slowly. Look, could you just turn me up a little bit on the mic? I'm not sure I'm quite coming through. I feel like I'm projecting a bit more than I need to do. Um, and we've been, we've been working through it slowly, and we've, we've been taking this line, haven't we? I'm probably a little bit too loud now. If we want to do what Jesus did, we need to do what Jesus did. 
We're a church that is focused on signs, wonders, miracles, seeing the kingdom of God made real on earth. Because of all the things that Jesus did, one of the big things is to bring the kingdom, which is why we, we focus on his life as well as his death. His life shows us what the Father God is like. It shows what life lived God's way, which is the kingdom, on earth looks like. And then he dies to make that possible for the rest of us by clearing away the mess. But it, what we're saying is, if we want to be those people who bring signed wonders and miracles, i.e. we want to do what Jesus did, because that's what Jesus did, we need to do what Jesus did. We need to follow him. We're talking about our discipleship. Or we try and update that word and say, think of ourselves as apprentices, people who learn from a master. That's what an apprentice does. My dad was an apprentice plumber to a master plumber. That's how he learned his trade. And at Colin, is that what you did? Were you an apprentice? Yeah, you're an apprentice to a carpenter before you become appropriate. You're Jesus. No. <laughs> He's the boss. We're the followers. He's the master. I'm the follower. I should do what he says. But also I should learn to model my life by copying him. That always amuses me in education, you know, when they're sat doing that and say, oh, don't copy. That's the only way you learn, actually. I mean, I know you're not meant to plagiarise or whatever else, but one of the main ways we learn is by copying other people. It's by watching what they do and thinking, well, I like that. You know, that's the call on us as disciples, isn't it? To live life in such a way that other people look at us and think, I like that. I, I want what you've got because how you live life is ultimately better than how I live life. Steve, uh, Steve De Silva talks about an evangelism of jealousy. An evangelism of jealousy that people should look and say, I'm jealous of how you live life. I want to live life your way because your way is better than mine. The answer, of course, is, well, of course it's better than mine because it's his. And everything that he does is better than what I can do. We want to do what Jesus did, so we need to do what Jesus did. And Jesus kept a Sabbath. He kept a day that was different. Not in some rule-based way, not in some legalistic way, but in a way that brought life, not crushed it. That didn't make it restrictive, that brought it into freedom. We know Jesus famously says, doesn't he, Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath or humanity. And I, I, th I think we've got firm, it's about not working, about stopping. That the whole way the Genesis passage is structured makes clear that the seventh day, the Sabbath, was different and special. That actually the Genesis 1 passage is constructed to point us towards the seventh day. And say that is the culmination of creation. I know we've often been taught it's us, but actually when you look at the way the words are laid out, that's not what it's saying. It's saying we were made for rest. And we know that because we're made on the sixth day in creation story, aren't we? And what follows on from the sixth day? Rest. So the first thing we do, humanity, is nothing. Which is ironic because we like to think of ourselves as human doings often. And actually we're called to be human beings. We were made for rest. But we also said that the Sabbath is about more than that. 
that when we look in other passages, particularly in Deuteronomy, we see that Sabbath is one of the ways that the Jewish people, the people of God, are called to live differently so that they can, other people will look at them and see how they live and think that's better. And they resisted the culture that they came from. Remember, they had been slaves in Egypt. And when they are set free, Deuteronomy 5.15 says this, Remember that you were slaves in Egypt and that the Lord your God has brought you out with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Therefore, the Lord your God has commanded you to observe the Sabbath day. Sabbath in these verses isn't just about resting, it's about resisting. It's about not conforming to the pattern of the behaviour that the Jewish people came from. They were slaves. A slave doesn't get a day off. A free person does. They were slaves, now they're free people. And the way that they show that they no longer conform to the lives of Egypt, where they'd come from, where the rich were rich and the poor were kept poor, by the entirety of society being constructed in such a way that if you had nothing, you were kept with nothing, because you were a slave. And when they're called out, they're told, no, you're not to be like that. You are to have a day off. Not only you, but your animals. And any, any aliens, any people who are living amongst you, they're all to get a day off. And your maidservants and your manservants, they're all to get a day off. The way that your society is stru- to be structured is to be different. Because you will resist the pattern that you came from. Sabbath is rest. Sabbath is resisting. Being, being not being, refusing to be pushed into the doing, getting and being more that's like actually being a hamster on a wheel. I'm going to send this to you so you'll be able to see it clearly afterwards. Don't worry. Because actually, to me, that, that's modern day slavery. I mean, I know modern day slavery is about much more than that. But when, when we serve the system rather than system serving us, something's wrong. So when our Sabbath is running around doing lots of stuff because, oh, well, it's got to look like this or that or the other because we've got to get more and do more and be more, well, that's not Sabbath. Sabbath should be one of the ways that we show ourselves to be different because we have a day that restores us. We have a day of rest. It's also a day for rejoicing. Sabbath is rest. Sabbath is resisting. Sabbath is rejoicing. Isaiah 58, 13 to 14 says this. If you keep your feet from breaking the Sabbath and from doing as you please on my holy day, if you call the Sabbath a delight and the Lord's holy day honourable, and if you honour it by not going your own way and not doing as you please or speaking idle words, then... You will find your joy in the Lord. And I will cause you to ride on the heights of the land and feast on the inheritance of your father, Jacob. If you keep the Sabbath God's way, you get a blessing. There'll be something to rejoice over. Because Sabbath should be about bringing life. When we live life God's way, we get God's reward. Sabbath is rest. Sabbath is resisting. Sabbath is 
rejoicing. But if you look, go back to the jigsaw, if you um, and, uh, uh, you might have to go back, darling. Can you go back a slide? You can see it's not quite complete. So this morning, I'm going to fill in this one and this one. And then you're going to think, oh, it's finished. But it's not, because there's even more to go around the outside. And now, when it's finished, and at the end of the sermon, I will send it, I'll put it on the prayer groupy thing, so you've all got a picture of it, so you can have it that round. So I want to I fill in these pieces as we head towards actually doing the practical stuff. Because if you remember right at the start, I said we would lay a firm biblical foundation for what should Sabbath look like. And then we could have a, a service where it would be much more interactive, and we start talking about, okay, well, how do we make that real for us? with all our questions, with all that stuff about, well, you know, but I've got to work and I've got to pay the bills and, I've, and I need to do this and I need to see family, Anna, 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 Anna. But one of the things I keep trying to say to people that I'm wondering about doing some, some, some teaching on this is that I'm quite concerned about the lenses that people see through. Now, we were listening to a really, really good sermon yesterday from one of my favourite people on the planet. Gabe Valenzuela preached at Bethel last week. And um, he's, he's, Gabe's just, he, I know him from being him from when he came to Bradford twice. And he's just a brilliant guy. He doesn't get much acclaim. He's Bill's son-in-law. But if you didn't listen to the sermon last week from, from the sermon of the week, do so. It'll make you laugh because it's Gabe and Gabe's really funny. But what he says is really powerful. And he talked about a lens. One of the, how do we see things? What do we look through? And I'm, I'm increasingly concerned that when I talk to people, they haven't learned to look through the primary lens, which is the Bible. The first thing that we should look at the world through, the first thing we should look at each other through in the church is, what does the Bible say? Not how do I feel. Not even what's the latest prophetic word, as important as that is, but what does the Bible say? And then Gabe does some stuff about having a lens of hope and how that infects what we do. And I know that's really important. But we want to have a clear biblical framework so that the primary lens we look through is the Bible to think about the Sabbath, this day off, this day that is different. It's resting, it's resisting, it's rejoicing, but it's some other things as well. And we're going to look at that together because you guys are going to get into groups, probably just, I don't know, maybe just, on each side, possibly this morning. I'm not giving you lots to do. I want you to look at Leviticus 23, 1 to 3. That's in the sticky pages, I know. The pages that don't often get opened. Leviticus, ooh, that's a bit scary, isn't it? This is, Leviticus says some very important things about living God's way. It says some stuff that is a bit weird as well, don't worry. I understand that. But I also want you to look at Luke 14, 1 to 6. Okay, so as ever, this isn't a comprehensive test. It's not marks out of 10. It's just trying to get you to look at the Bible together and talk to each other about what, does this, what is this about. So you look at those two passages and answer the questions, is there a connection between the two passages and what does Jesus say the Sabbath should be for? Is there a connection and what does Jesus say the Sabbath is for? Okay, so don't read it by yourselves. All of you looking down at your verses, come on, move around, read it out loud. Scripture was written to be read out loud. It was, listen, it, was it was written to be heard, not just conceptually processed in your little heads. Read it out loud to each other. Is there a connection between two passages? And what does Jesus say the Sabbath should be for?
okay, let's um, sort of draw conversations to a to a conclusion rather than to a close, because you're very welcome to keep on interrupting anything else. So um, this group, tell, just tell us what what is the Levit- what is the Leviticus passage about one to three? What, what just what is it? Not not what's it about? Just what is it? What does it say? Come on, somebody tell us. Yeah, the um, passage in the Old Testament is um, where the Sabbath is instituted um, as being um, a festival yep. that people would um, do yep. on a regular basis. Cool, yep, yep. And it's it's one of numerous festivals. Actually, if you read on in Leviticus, there's a whole set of festivals that the people are meant to keep. There's an interesting word, isn't it? Festival. When you think of festival, what do you think? Fun. Fun. Fun, celebrate, yeah, cool, all right. And the the uh, John passage that I gave you, Luke passage rather, I didn't give you, that's panicky. What, just what happens? Just tell us what happens. Jesus actually heals someone on the Sabbath. Yep, and what, and people say what? Oh, what are you doing? Yeah, yeah. Tut, tut. yeah. Good English people. <laughs> so especially skilled tutting, isn't it? Okay, so what what's the connection between, is there a connection between these two passages? What did you What did you think was about? <laughs> Thank you, Deborah. They're both to do with the summer. <laughs> Ta da! <laughs> Good spots. That's absolutely true. They are both to do with the summer. But what did you think? What do you think the connection was? Anybody? Mindsets. Go on. Don't, don't shout. Go on. Go on. Sorry, I'm thinking like mindsets. Okay. What uh, What do you mean by mindsets? Like a way of doing something, approach. Yeah, a way of thinking about what it's meant to mean. Okay, Rob, you're about to add something. It's both about freedom, it's yep. free, freedom to celebrate God, freedom not to have to work. Yeah. Okay. Anybody else? Anybody else in this group want to add anything? Go on, Rather than I must yeah. be free, I must enjoy myself, yeah. I must yeah. celebrate, which I is... I will work really hard to enjoy myself. A different mentality. Yes, indeed. Okay. Anybody else? What do you think the connection might be? Anybody get any other essences? Come on. Master John? Jesus is enjoying a festival meal. Yep. He's, oh, so, cool, husband, huh? yeah. Sorry. Absolutely. Where, where, where is Jesus on Sabbath? Somebody's house having a meal. Yes. Okay. Anything else? Anything? Any other comments you want to add briefly to what? What's the connection? Or I think the connection is that um, Jesus is 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 really well. The connection. It's really how you interpret it and how you enact what you're being told. Yeah. Okay. So it's there's there's a there's a there's a personal responsibility in this. Yes. Okay. So it's how you interpret that. All right. Okay. Well, in the Leviticus passage, what what does what what are they told the purpose is for? Six days they'll rest, and on the net on the seventh day they will do six days they'll work rather. On the seventh day they'll do they'll rest, and what else will they do? Assemble, assemble. In other words, they will be with each other, won't they? In Le- in Leviticus passage, they're told to be assembled, to come together. Where is where is Jesus on the Sabbath day? Assembled, but not in some religious way in somebody's house. And when somebody is in need, what does Jesus do? He does what? He meets that need. Why? Why, why does he meet that need? Because that, yeah, okay. But because we were made for community. We're made to be connected to each other. Yes, if I can't do something, I need something else to help. Sabbath is about assembly. It's about 
relationships. And Jesus shows that for him, having a relationship on the Sabbath is much more important than keeping a rule. Because they're like, oh, well, you can't do that. And to, I mean, basically, I would, wouldn't you have loved to be in the room? Because it says it, was, it went quiet. Would you, wouldn't you just have loved to have been sat there? You know, talk about a pregnant pause, waiting, waiting for Jesus to say something. Waiting for the person who, when he was 12 years old, the teachers of the law said, we've never heard anybody like this. So you're waiting for somebody who gives better, bigger, wiser, richer answers than anybody else. And it all goes quiet. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine the tension that's in the room? What's he going to say? Ah! Must have been amazing. You, you go look after a cow, don't you? I mean, in the, in the, in the Yorkshire translation. You look, you look after a cow, but you're not going to look after each other. What, what sort of holy assembly is that? You see, Sabbath should be about relationship, shouldn't it? It should be about gathering together. Jesus was at a meal. For Jews, the Sabbath revolves around three meals that start on Friday tea time, because we're northern, we don't call it dinner. Dinner's at dinner time, isn't it? At lunchtime. Tea's at tea time. Or is it every time we go south? Are we, are we having tea? No, you just had a drink. No, I mean tea. I mean something to eat. Anyway, so for Jewish households, it starts Friday night. Why on Friday night? Because that's sundown, and that's the start of the next day. Yes, absolutely. Sabbath starts when the sun sets on Friday evening, and the Jews celebrate it by getting together and having a meal and being connected with each other and being connected to family. And when they gather, they read verses from the Bible to remind themselves of who they are as a people. What is it that connects them together? They, they revel in their story of relationship to each other and to God. Because Leviticus says that Sabbath is about assembly. And Jesus shows that when we're together with each other, basically we should give a damn about each other. Not giving a damn about rules. Which is what they seem to want to do. Sabbath is for resting, rejoicing and, Liz, relating. Connecting with others where you have time to get to... Oh, you've gone on one too far. You've given, you've given, away, you've given away my big disclose. Don't, you didn't see it. You didn't see it. You didn't see it. Forget it. It never happened. It never happened. It's not, not a snack sandwich over a keyboard or a TV dinner where you don't talk to somebody else because you're watching the characters on the screen. Sabbath should be about family, about being together, about telling each other the stories that make us, us. About showing compassion and connection to each other. It makes sense, doesn't it? What, one of the, what is one of the things that is fundamentally different about Christianity than any other religion? We choose it. We choose it, absolutely. Yes, completely. Anything else? What makes us unique? It's relational, not rule. The number of times people have said to me, oh, are you religious? Not in the least. <laughs> Couldn't give a stuff 
about religion. I will give everything I've got for a relationship with God. Because Christianity is entirely relational. Because God is entirely relational. What makes us unique? The Trinity. We believe in Father, Son and Holy Spirit who have always been connected to each other. We believe actually the entirety of creation flows from the relational bond between Father, Son and Holy Spirit. Because when people are bonded together, what do they do? They're creative. They create children. Well, God is creative. He's bonded to each other in relationship. He made the Sabbath. He instituted the Sabbath. So having the Sabbath about relationship is entirely logical, isn't it? Because he is relational. So to have a Sabbath that doesn't have relationship in the middle of it is to miss the point. To make it about rules, to make it about I will not, I must not, I I can't, blah, 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 rather than it being about actually can I have fun with my family? Will I allow time not to be working, not to be shopping, not to be pursuing the latest episode on Netflix, but actually relating to somebody else, looking them in the eye and finding out about their life and letting them know about me, actually making a connection. If you look at the times, Jesus has the biggest arguments with the teachers, it's when he's done something on the Sabbath for someone else. And the Pharisees are all going rule crazy while Jesus knows the Sabbath is about caring for each other. It's about being connected to each other. It's about existing in relationship. And it drives the Pharisees bonkers. Doesn't it? Well, I've got to give time to people. I've got to actually know each other. I'm not doing that. It's much easier just to wash my hands and keep my rules. Of course it is. And I have to say, when we've been doing this, in all honesty, this is probably one of the hardest bits for me. I'm very good at, we've already been putting some things in, in the way of, in, to make our Sabbath more restful. And I've been not watching things on certain things and turning things off and everything else. But this bit, the, the idea of having to spend some of my Sabbath with other people scares the pants off me. It does. And when, 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 we, get, when we get to the practical bit, I'm going to really have to work on this. Because my, my perfect way of resting is being completely by my sen. Sorry, I'll show you my Yorkshire roots. By myself on a hill. That, that's my perfect day of rest. Not talking to anybody. Because my life is about people a lot of the time. So this is, this is a real challenge for me. And we're going to have to look at it together and say, how, how, how can we do Sabbath that is restful and light, but also allows us to have relationships? And I, I haven't got any easy answers for that. And the last one is refilling. Refilling. It's not actually the whole circle, there's a bit more. Resting and resisting on the Sabbath are about making room. Not working and not slaving. Leaving room for other things. Relating to others being one and refilling being the other. Having time to do things that remind us that we are more than what we do. God worked for six days to make the whole world and then he stopped to enjoy it. Somebody look up for me Genesis 2 verse 15 and tell me how it's translated in in your Bible. Preferably people have got a couple of different versions. 
Genesis 2.15. The Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. Yep, okay. And what's that? What version is that? NIV. Anybody got something else? NLT, NRSV, NASB, anything else? Go on the message. I, I don't check it in the message. Go on. Okay. God took the man and did what with him? Pla- placed him? No. Set him. Set him. Okay. Anybody else got something else? NLT. Go on, Joe. Okay. The Lord God placed the man in the Garden of Eden. Okay. Different ways to translate translate a word, and I don't think any of them get it right. Go on. What's, what's this, the authorised thing? The Young's Literature. Just say it again. Okay. To rest in the Garden of Eden. The, the actual word... In Hebrew, I can't pronounce. <laughs> it's something like nuach. N-U-A-K-H is the sort of English transliteration. A literal translation would be dwell. To dwell in the land. Now, there's an old joke. You would do well to dwell. You would do well to dwell. The idea is being in somewhere and enjoying it. Not, the other translations have it like, you know, he put him, he placed him, and that seems to emphasise the idea of, you know, to look after the land. That's not the tense of the word. The word is to be in, to be like surrounded by. Think a cold winter's evening with your feet up in front of a log fire, and you're like, oh, I could stay here all night. That That's more the imagery, the, the, the sense of like dwelling, of being like, this is cool. Yeah, this is this is good. I like this. When I'm doing this, I've got time to be me. I've got time to think. It's not so. Don't when you read that Genesis two fifteen, don't leap leap towards the end of the sentence about you know being there to tend the garden. Actually, no, it's there to be to be dwelling in the garden. Yes, to be to be doing some bits and pieces, but that sense of doing it from a sense of enjoyment of being like this garden's beautiful. So this is a really good place to be. This is a place where I, I feel connected to nature, where I'm in my right place. It's not just about rushing on. Sabbath should be the day when we remember that life is more than work, that being is more important than doing. Sabbath should be a day where we dwell in it, to be reminded that we're creative, to be fully alive. To, to not just be what we do, but what we are. And to do some stuff that we enjoy. It might be painting. It might be, it, it might be knitting. It might be crocheting. It might be gardening. Jigsaw. It might be a jigsaw. But just something that makes you think, ah, that's good. I enjoyed that. I enjoyed doing that. I feel more me... Then I have done the rest of the time. 
when I, when I started all this sometime last century, I said I wanted us to have a biblical framework for what the Sabbath should look like. And here it is. Here it is. Sabbath should involve resting, stopping, doing very little. It should be about resisting, being different, not being driven by anybody else's agenda. Rejoicing, remembering who he is and what he has done. Relating, connecting to each other, telling each other our stories, knowing what's going on in our lives. Refilling, seeing the beauty of creation. So the next time I'm doing on this, I want us to say, okay, that's what it, it's got to be all of this. What does that look like for each of us? What will be the challenges? What, what will, which bit will you find hardest for me? For some, for some of you, it will be this. But I've got stuff to do. I'm busy. I've got stuff to do. For some of you, it will be this. What, what do you mean I can't spend Saturday at Ikea? That's what I do. That's my leisure pursuit. Mm, really? I, I think that's just serving getting more. Maybe this you'll find fairly easy. But then we'll get into the conversation of, well, if it's rejoicing, does that mean it's Sunday? Because that's when we worship together, isn't it? That, 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 that means Sabbath's got to be Sunday, does it? Sabbath isn't a day of rest for me. Sunday isn't a day of rest for me, all for quite a few of you, because you come here and do stuff. So that we're going to have to work some stuff out. And I said I haven't, I haven't got all the answers for all of that. I've got some ideas I've got some things I think we can start thinking about, but I'm really keen to talk to other people and say, what, what do we do? You know, if, it, if it's about this, then should some of our day of, of rest be with each other, having a meal? What, what would that look like? Would that be all of us? Would that be some of us? Would it be going out for a meal? Would it be somebody else cooking? I don't know. But it... We're going to have to do something if we really want to do this. Because, you know, Jesus always Sabbathed, but he Sabbathed with his disciples. And he was showing them a different way of doing stuff, wasn't he? So I, I want to, now I want to show you the whole thing. Because actually I think to do this, there's going to be some stuff we don't do. I'm going to send it to you. I'm going to, I'm going to put it in the WhatsApp group. Don't worry. This is from some of the book that we were just been, some of you have been working through. That actually, in order to resist, that's going to, that might involve not wanting. Yeah. Actually, not ordering stuff on a, on a Sabbath. Some of the things I'm doing is like, I won't let myself look at Amazon or eBay on, on a day off. Because it, it shouldn't be about the next thing I want. Or the next thing I think I need. But this is quite not worrying. Which for me, that means not reading any news. I'm, I'm news obsessed. I, listen to the, I read and listen to the news hour after hour during a normal day. Well, I don't, I'm stopping. Because I, I want a day where I'm not worrying. Where I'm not actually, you know, God's got it. If he's got the whole world, he's got this. That, well, maybe we'll find that easy. But not all of us will. But I'm, I'm trying to say, actually, to protect this in the middle, we need a boundary. Yeah. We need, like, filters that stop the outside world getting into here. Which is why these are on the outside. 
And these might be some of the really practical things. So I've given you some clues what I'm doing. I've set my iPad so that when I'm in personal mode, there are no news apps. There are no news feeds. The email doesn't come in. WhatsApp doesn't arrive. I don't get any messages. My, My phone is turned into what's called focus mode. So again, I don't get any interruptions. And if I try and press any of the, like, Internet Explorer or um, Messenger or WhatsApp, it comes up and says, you can't access that today. Do, do you, if you really want to, you can type in your password and I'll let you. But no, you're not meant to be doing that today, so don't go and look at it. Which is a big hint, you know. So don't, don't send me messages on a Saturday. I won't read them. I mean, I don't read them all that well the rest of the time. Let's all be honest with each other. But especially on a Saturday, I'm not going to do it. Well, I do do that. So now what I'm doing on a Saturday, on a Friday evening, I turn my phone off and I put it in the drawer. Or whichever day, we can't always do it on a, on a Saturday because we're doing Saturday school or something else. So when, to make our day different, we put the phone in the drawer. I put the phone in the drawer. And then I've done stuff on my iPad to try and simplify it. And I don't, I don't let myself, I'm giving you away all my clues, but just to say how I've been working it, and I want other people to start saying, well, how am I doing, doing the rest of it? I won't often, um, when we're, we're, if we're just like, relaxing in an evening, Liz might be watching something, and I'm often watching a rugby match on my iPad by myself. Well, not on the Sabbath. On the Sabbath, the only thing I will watch is on a big screen where we do it together, either at the cinema or because we're sat, crashed, you know. We often relax on the Saturday evening with a... a, a a ready meal, a bottle of wine, and we watch a film. That's one of our ways of just resting and, and relaxing. But not not dual screening, not looking at the phone and checking messages and only half knowing what's going on in the story. So to, to do this, it means some stuff we're going to have to stop. So when, when, when I'm next speaking, I can't remember when that is, I want, us to, I want you to have this in your mind. Between now and then, I want you to go away and think, how am I going to do these things? How am I going to... So we share some little tips with each other about, well, this is what I've done to make it possible. This is what, what I'm trying to work on. And also be, you know, and this is the bit I find really hard. But how do, I don't know how, how to do that. You know, how, how, how does a single person do the relate stuff? Well, not by themselves. So it's going to have to involve some of the rest of us doing something about that. But how do we do that in a way that's not pressurised? I, I don't know. But I think between us, with him, we can come up with some answers. To things that bring us joy. Things that make our days off even better. So that's it. That's the, the whole thing. I'm very proud of my little drawing. I, I got someone else to draw it for me. I had to get Liz to do all the colours because I couldn't see them. <laughs> But I will, I will send you this entire thing on the, on the prayer group so you can go away and start thinking about it and start looking at it and think, okay, what, what's that going to look like for me? But don't stop there. Then start thinking, what will it look like for us? And how might that work? Not for relationship, not for rules rather, but for relationship. Not for work, but for rest. And now let's just stand together. Lord, we came to meet you and to meet each other, and we're so delighted that you've allowed us to do both. We refuse to take lightly what's happened in our worship as we've been reminded of the centrality of gathering around the cross, 
but we also refuse to take lightly your instruction and your example of having a Sabbath that works for us. And Lord, we simply pray you would keep speaking to us and help us now to hear your voice as to how to make this real for us as a body and a community so that we can do what you did because we're doing what you did. In Jesus' name, amen. As ever, questions, comments are always welcome, either on the WhatsApp group or now. If you, want, if you don't think I explained something well enough, come and tell me and I'll try and explain it to you again. If you want physical healing for anything, um, just come and you know, turn to the person next to you and say, this hurts, please pray for it, and I'm sure you will find that they do. We will need help in about five minutes tidying up. Mm-hmm.